Hello and welcome to Chick Flicks. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell. And today we are talking about two new Christmas films, Happiest Season, which is on Hulu, and Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, which is on Netflix. But first, what are we into, Mackenzie? Do you want to start? Sure. Um, so I watched, I've been uh, just watching movie after movie in preparation for our 2020 wrap-up episode. And um, not all of them are going to make the cut. So but they're all very good. So these are a few that are good, but not my favorites of the year. And they're all documentaries. So I sort of wanted to do a little documentary roundup, I guess, here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first is circus of books and it is about this gay porn shop in la that uh, sort of has been this like staple in the gay community for like decades and it just closed up this um at, like when the documentary was being made mm-hmm. and um the daughter is making a documentary of her parents who own the shop and it's it was just such a unique way to like i guess have a it's just a unique business mm-hmm. like um and they and the the parents kind of just like fell into it a little bit and it was just interesting that their kids didn't really they just thought it was mm-hmm. a bookshop for a long time and i i like this movie and a secret love i mean this movie especially is just interesting like that the daughter is making the documentary about her parents Mm -hmm. because i think that a lot of times as like a kid i a kid i feel like your parents just have so such like rich lives that you don't always know about Mm -hmm. because you're like this is just this is the person my parents yes (laughs) um and you don't I like. I just really respect that she wanted to sort of like dig into her parents' history, mm-hmm. and it is interesting like seeing her interact with her mom and stuff because they have like a funny dynamic. Um, that is like, a, th- that is at both like, why are you filming me like, mm-hmm. etc. Um, but very loving at the same time. So um, it was, and it's just a very like colorful, interesting movie about like these two like like straight the people that are kind of um pretty vanilla i guess and don't really like you know <laughs> but they're like going to these like gay porn conventions and so <laughs> picking funny. out like the best sex toys to carry or whatever it's just very funny where did um, you watch it uh it's on netflix gotcha so A Secret Love is the second documentary, and it's also on Netflix, and it is about a uh, lesbian couple that has been together, I think, since the 40s. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My timeline could be totally wrong. But, <laughs> um, and they're, it's about the end of their lives um, and them having to move out of their house because their their families are trying to get them into like a nursing home because they're... Mm-hmm. Uh, just health is deteriorating but mm-hmm. it was just interesting again to see like not necessarily like a daughter making a film about her parents at, like circus of books but just exploring the lives of uh an older person and like mm-hmm. discovering the like their like rich history and um like one of them was like a softball player and like like 
similar to like League of Their Own type things and she still carries around like her little card to hand out to everyone she meets uh which is so Mm -hmm. cute um and it's just like the way that they love and care for each other is really sweet to see so um yeah that was nice too and then the third documentary that i watched is time um and it is about a woman sybil fox richardson who her she like i think when she was probably in her like 20s uh was arrested along with her husband um for trying to rob a bank and um she i think went to prison for five years i think and uh he got i think six years or something yeah Um, but they were trying to get him it's about her trying to like get them get him out earlier um and just like the toll it took on her family um but she like with a lot of help with the help of like i think her mother um like raised their kids together mm-hmm. and um it does have a very happy ending so i was glad to see that but it was like a very it's just like crazy the fucking prison system is just so fucked up so yeah yeah. um so it's very like a it's a very emotional tale Mm -hmm. and it's all in black and white and a lot of it is uh footage that sybil took herself like over the years i think with the i think a lot of it with the idea that she would share it with her husband when he got Mm -hmm. out of jail um so that he could like catch up on things that he had missed so it was just a very yeah like powerful story i would say um yeah so those yeah. are and that's wait what is that on that's on Do amazon you know? prime amazon prime okay mm-hmm. i'll cover the three big ones there <laughs> <laughs> i'll talk oh, about no. all the time yeah actually both of the first two are on netflix sorry okay. sorry hulu well, um I'm into, I just finished this book called Luster by Raven Leilani. Um, I think it's her first book. It's about um, a young black woman who's working in publishing and she enters into a relationship with a married man who is in an open relationship apparently. And he lives in like the suburbs of New Jersey and he's 20-ish years older than her. And through a series of events, she loses her job and her apartment and starts to live with the her married boyfriend, his wife, and their adopted tween black daughter. Um, so it's just the, the main interesting thrust of the novel is kind of the narrator's relationship with the wife and kind of like this weird, awkward, tense friendship they develop. Um, and like the man is like not important really to the story at all, you know, and it's at times very funny, sexy, and also like dark and really hits a lot of notes about being kind of people our age, you know, and being a little without direction in life. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. Really great writing. Uh, the, I watched a documentary as well too this week, um, called Dick Johnson is dead by Kristen Johnson, which is available on Netflix as well. I've been wanting to see this for a while and I think, kind of makes a few interesting similar points to time by Garrett Bradley. Uh, you know, I don't know if I have like the words or ability to kind of eloquently say this, but kind of about how like filming is memory and Mm. 
that like the the ephemeralness of film relates to memory and our uh you know sense of storytelling uh Mm -hmm. but it's about the documentary filmmaker christian johnson's father at the end of a long life and career as a psychiatrist is diagnosed with dementia and his wife has just passed um, a few years prior from Alzheimer's and Kristen and her dad, Dick get this idea to do a project where they film all the different ways that Dick might die. I actually didn't think there were that many of those like filmed instances in the film. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be more when reading about Mm -hmm. the movie. I thought it would be like more of those like kind of skits they do um, Mm -hmm. where, you know, an air conditioning unit falls on his head or he falls down the stairs Mm -hmm. and he's a very sweet old man. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of Kristen's process of learning to say goodbye to him and how they both Mm -hmm. kind of become comfortable with death, which is something that we're all super uncomfortable with and made me uncomfortable watching too. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's alive, you know, he's still alive, but it felt uh, they they hold a funeral for him at the end. And I kind of want to hold off talking about it more because I think it'll be on one of my favorite films of the year list. Mm -hmm. Um, But a really beautiful film. And she's also such a good daughter, obviously like you kind of self-select what you show in a movie when you're making it, especially Mm -hmm. one about a relationship with your parent, but you can just tell that there's so much love there and Mm -hmm. kind of a difficult watch when one is away from their family, but really enjoyed it. And then the last thing I want to plug is kind of this organization that I've been aware of for um, a couple of years at this point called feminist bird club, highly encourage following them on Instagram. Their kind of mission is they are dedicated to promoting inclusivity in birding while fundraising and providing a safe opportunity for members of the LGBTQIA plus community, um, BIPOC and women to connect with the natural world. The goal is twofold to make birding and the outdoors inclusive and affirming to people who may not have safe access to it and leverage people's passion for the environment and social justice to help create lasting social change. More simply put, there's no reason why we can't celebrate birds and support our most cherished beliefs in equity and justice at the same time, which I absolutely love. So they're really kind of, they're a birding group, but it has different chapters throughout the country. We'll need to start one in Philly. Um, But, um, but they're also like a fundraising organization too. And I think that they, when they do like bird walks, you know, everybody puts in $10 to a certain organization that they fundraise for. They have some like merch that like more than 50% of the proceeds go to different causes that they've identified. They're just really cool. And I think it's a really interesting project. And I have thought about them a lot kind of during the past summer's events regarding that birder, um, in New York Mm -hmm. who almost had the who had the cops called on him yeah but that's what i'm into and Mackenzie, i think we are ready to jump into christmas time uh with two new additions to the holiday canon yeah <laughs> maybe not maybe not this is this one's for the the girls gays and days <laughs> <laughs> do you want to read happiest season because i sure. made a truly insane summary for christmas on the square <laughs> Okay, I mean, it would, it deserves it. So, uh, the first movie that we're talking about is Happiest Season, which came out this year and is on Netflix. Hulu. No, Hulu. Is on Hulu. Sorry. Jesus. <gasps> you know, same thing. <laughs> it has, it It'll has be owned the, by the same people eventually. Or it already. has the, like, feel of a Netflix mm-hmm. movie. Anyway. Harper and Abby have been in love for a year and living together for six months. When the holiday season arrives, Abby knows she wants to pop the question. Harper invites Abby to celebrate with her family, but forgets one important detail with her invitation. Harper isn't out to her family yet. 
the two women must stay with Harper's uptight family under the pretense that they're heterosexual friends. So, what did you think about this movie, Richard? You know, I think something important that we need to discuss is that Christmas movies do not have to be good. That they have mm-hmm. such a low bar for Christmas, you know, that yes. not only are there many bad, actively bad Christmas movies, like Hallmark movies, which are, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like almost in this camp area, but I feel like even the most beloved Christmas movies, if you really like take a good, hard, long look at them, you're like, is this good? Or do we mm-hmm. all just have nostalgia and sentiment wrapped around mm-hmm. this time of year? Uh, if Happiest Season took place, not that it would, not that there would be any world in which there'd be high stakes around like Easter or <laughs> even Thanksgiving, would it be as good as it is? No, it wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're totally right. I definitely like think that it it, it had so much potential. Like mm-hmm. I thought that like obviously the cast was great. Um, Kristen Stewart plays Abby mm-hmm. and Mackenzie Davis plays Harper and Aubrey Plaza's in it, yeah. and et cetera, et cetera. They're all good. Um, and I thought the pacing was good too. Like I felt, yeah. uh, like it was, it chugged along pretty well, but I felt like comfortable with, you know, h- how things were moving along. And I thought, you know the the camera work and the, the oh. I like some of the lighting was you know Mackenzie, this is whatever it was a gowns, good movie but the writing was just like like who anyway so this was billed as like the first ever Hollywood budget queer holiday movie um, written and directed by Clea Duvall with help from Mary Holland who appears as the um, like the other sister not Alison Brie in the movie. Um, but yeah, the writing was bad. The, mm-hmm. I cannot think of any jokes that really landed for me other than Dan Levy jokes, which yeah. I was surprised by cause I like, I'm not a Schitt's Creek fan, mm-hmm. uh, but I felt like he got the best jokes. And mm-hmm. when we, when he wasn't there, it was kind of like devoid of recognizable mm-hmm. jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abby as played by Kristen Stewart is her parents both died as they established like immediately they're like we know harper's like i know you don't do christmas because your parents are dead um but there's recurring orphan jokes throughout the movie which mm-hmm. feel like very dated like a joke that would have been funny in the 90s perhaps and it's like it's it's also like very clear that it is just painful sort of to abby <laughs> every time it happens it's very this movie is not kind to abby at no all. not kind and that's another thing too i think so the main thrust of the movie it's a coming out story which i think in the queer community um there have been a lot of responses mm-hmm. to this movie about like why do queer stories have to be about coming out especially in the lord's year of 2020 <laughs> like why are this the kind of the types of stories that we're gravitating to mm-hmm. and we'll get into kind of like the critical response more but i think the general consensus a lot of the time was like this was not a very queer queer movie you know mm-hmm. yeah. um uh like i believe do, do, do Madison Malone Kirshner in Vulture kind of said like the queerest moment that happens in this movie is when Dan Levy is like, why do you even believe in the institution of marriage? And it's like yeah. a throwaway line. And then it's like, okay. <laughs> um, but 
the biggest issue for me in this movie, I think, was that the writers didn't want to fully turn the audience against the parents who are played mm-hmm. by Mary Steenberger and then that guy who's in like a ton of stuff. He's yeah. in Legally Blonde. I don't know his name. I don't know. <laughs> but the parents, like the dad is running for mayor of this small town. And so we understand that kind of like implicitly that he can't have a gay daughter because of that reason. But what Harper says a lot throughout the movie is like, we just have to be perfect. We had to be perfect growing up, which don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to like, I think coming out to your family is difficult enough, but Mm -hmm. I think the movie suffered by not specifically naming or identifying why exactly Harper's parents would have a problem with it. I think mm-hmm. they were thinking like if we even call them Republicans, we'll have turned off our audience or they'll be not redeemable, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Like if mm-hmm. if they had done that, we've been just I think personally we would have just been like, okay, well, fuck leave. this family. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's, that's it. Nailed or if the they coffin. were like, we're Christians and we don't believe in gay people, we'd be like, okay, we'll get out of there. Like, yeah, <laughs> they suck. But instead, yeah. they kind of like, we have to have it both ways. We're like, I can't come out to my parents, but like, they're nice. <laughs> well, and the thing is, they're not. They're terrible. They're like, really bad. And I think, I think for me, like, that wouldn't have even, like, they wouldn't, they should have just not even had to address that. Like, it should have not. It, it just... I feel like from a holiday movie, what we want is like very low stakes mm. conflict and like very fun, fluffy, like true love shit. And Harper is just a bad person. Like never once in a the entire movie was Lily like, oh, they're so cute together. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're terrible together. Yes. Yes. I feel like if they had made the parents more horrible, Harper would have been less horrible. You know, it would have been like, oh, Harper has these terrible parents who are homophobes or like Christian homophobes (laughs) or Republicans or all three of those things. Um, But instead they were like, the parents are just kind of bad and Harper is bad. Yeah, yeah, she's she's really bad. It's it's really hard to root for the couple at the center of the story. It's it's just so unbelievable that like Abby... You just, from from the minute you're introduced to them, like, Harper interrupts Abby, like, clearly isn't listening to what she's saying, tells her to shut up, like, all within the first five minutes, and she's, like, pressuring her to, like, go on this roof, and then Abby falls off the roof. Yeah. So it's, like, and that happens, like, throughout the whole movie, where Harper is sort of, like, pressuring Abby to do something, and then Abby is, like, left with the consequences of the situation, and... Like, it's just red flag after red flag. So many red flags. What point would you have left at? <laughs> um, I mean, I would not have gone. But yeah, if you I say you gone. had gone and you were at this okay. weird family gathering where you had to be closeted and your girlfriend's fake roommate, I think I would have left, honestly, after, if I was in this relationship, after the first party where she ignored me, I would have been like, goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, I have to go. That was at the at the like uh, like a state or whatever. Yeah, right? country club. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it's yes, I would have left then too. Abby is going to propose, so it's like yeah, it's oh. it's just wild to think. It's just unbelievable to me to think that Abby could be 
that in love with Harper because she's so terrible. Like, there's no, I, it's just like not, mm-hmm. it just, a lot, yeah. A lot of the problems of this movie would have been fixed if they had known each other for longer than a year, too. Like, maybe wait before you propose. You know, like you, that's the, knowing that your girlfriend wasn't out to her parents is the kind of information that would come up after a year. Yeah. Like (laughs) when you hit that mark. Well, that's Um, another thing too. It's like, that's a, like she lied about it. Yeah. Like she just, she didn't, it wasn't like she just, it never came up. She just like lied. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know. It just, yeah. Like I was saying, I love love. If, if this had a convincing romance. True. I would have been like, love it. Love this movie. Didn't have that, though. Oh, but Mackenzie, there were there were a budding convincing romance, which is another frustrating part of the film, is that they introduced Aubrey Plaza as Harper's ex-girlfriend from high school, who she was terrible to in high school. And Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza, everyone on the internet has already talked about this. They have so much more chemistry than Harper and Abby do. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, oh, here's a healthy queer person who is like like interesting and available mm-hmm. and hot <laughs> and hot like <laughs> what is happening um another thing that it's i feel like almost bad like ragging on this movie so much but i just yeah the writing was just i think like its main flaw and another thing that really got me to and not to go back to the parents but they're in this town hypothetically where the mayor having a lesbian daughter would be bad and uh, ruin his chances of running for office but there's also a thriving drag queen scene and mm-hmm. having come from a small town i will tell you that if one of those things is true the other is probably not as true <laughs> you know yeah i it is yeah it's weird that it is weird i feel like in that like having a gay daughter would have ruined his career he yeah. had to have been republican like yeah no, exactly like, they so, couldn't say it yeah so Dick like Janie has a, a lesbian daughter <laughs> <sighs> yeah that well ben ben de la creme and jinx monsoon are in this movie fun fact they're the drag queens that oh. <laughs> in, uh the bar so that yeah. was nice that was fun this movie also has a lot of kind of unresolved subplots that also weigh it down like the as we have now discussed pretty thoroughly the main romance no good but the mm. other stuff around it also not good there's mm. harper connecting with a boyfriend from high school that no closure there doesn't go anywhere kind of like a false flag uh yeah well it's plot. just it's just like there to create just to like make Drum harper look like a worse yeah. person like even worse person and it's yeah. tr- it just like reveals that she's even more terrible like, yeah yeah, and then there's a plot with the older sister Sloan, who's played by Allison Brie, where she has, she brings like, through her we have the only people of color in the movie, which is her husband and her kids, mm-hmm. and um, her husband is cheating on her with her father's campaign manager, uh, and a few people have pointed out that it's kind of shitty that like the black guy in the movie is a cheater, and then their children are mm-hmm. like impish. Um, let me just find this review from Bitch Media by uh, Rachel Charlene Lewis in Bitch Media says 
The filmmakers make the bizarre decision to present the film's two kids, Harper's twin niece and nephew, as thieving hooligans who steal a necklace from a store and slip it into Abby's bag. Is it funny? Maybe. I don't think it's funny. Uh, But it also reinforces some strange stereotypes about black kids being tiny antisocial thieves and takes away that time that would have been much better spent explaining why the hell Abby likes Harper to begin with. Yeah. So that's another weird plot. And then at the Mm -hmm. end, it's like, sorry. Okay, it's over. And yeah, it's just... There's just like not enough compelling stuff happening. Yeah. I, you just feel bad for Abby the entire time. And you, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I think in, um, I think in pop culture happy hour, not to just talk mm-hmm. about them constantly on this podcast, but, um, they were saying that Dan Levy's character is sort of like the, in get out, how the character is like calling them. Yeah. Like you have to like get out, like doing that to, uh, Abby in happiest season. And it's a very, it's like a similar feeling where you're like, leave the house. Like, please. <laughs> it's just like nothing good could come of this. And yeah. you feel that way the whole time. Not even yeah. at the end when Harper's like, I love you. I'm going to change, like, whatever. There's just and not enough. Still, yeah. No. Not enough. And the ending is resolved too quickly. If we're to believe these people, it's just like the, the conflict is just resolved way too quickly. And they're like literally happy the next morning and everybody is like chill with each other. Yeah. Um, but I also think that the other kind of disappointing thing about this movie is, you know, the queer women at the center of it are like white, beautiful, able-bodied, and it's just there. I don't know. It's just kind of making a like. Oh, he's not going to accept his like beautiful, rich daughter, white daughter, being a lesbian. You know. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I maybe you sent me a couple of TikToks where, um, you know, some black critics kind of talk about like if, like he has black members of his family, you know, like mm-hmm. if he has a, if he's gonna have a problem with a gay person in his family, he's mm-hmm. probably gonna also have a problem. With, like it's just not. I don't know, like yeah. we're saying, it's just the movie suffers from not being specific enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 Oof. Very. And not weird. Christmassy enough too. I would say <laughs> I could have it like had so much potential is like it really did. God damn it. I want to see it, Kristen Stewart in more stuff like this. Yeah. I me thought too. she was great. She's so good at comedy. Like I love her in Charlie's angels. She was so good in that. Um, weird. Just Kristen stands and yeah, <laughs> I want to see her in more cute stuff. Mm-hmm. It's funny that the last scene she's in where she's or not the last scene, but the holiday party on Christmas Eve, Harper's been like, please appear straight. And she wears like a, like a, a button down, like <laughs> pantsuit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so hot. <laughs> Very hot. And also they put Harper in a really ugly wig. The whole movie, like an unforgivably ugly wig. Yeah. I feel like this, maybe it was just that I was like, so turned off by Harper being terrible, mm-hmm. but I was like, Mackenzie Davis is not cute. But she it is cute. It's, she well, just had a really bad wig. It was just not in this movie. <laughs> maybe compare. Maybe like next to Kristen Stewart too. Yeah, I was yeah, just like not feeling it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just terrible. So it was she like really is. she just is never. There is never a, not one line or any instance re- like respectful to. 
Abby. She's just, she like condescends to the fact that she needs, Abby has prior commitments on Christmas mm-hmm. to pets it. She's like, oh, it, get find someone else to do it. Yeah. And then, yeah, she it's clearly important to her. Mm-hmm. And like the, uh, the point where there's like a big fight where Harper spends all night out with her ex and Abby is like, are you okay? Like, did you like get like, I was kind of worried because I didn't hear from you. Uh, mm-hmm. And Harper is like, why are you being so clingy? <laughs> Which is like, they just have a lot of problems. They should not get engaged. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you want to, anything else you want to say about this movie? <sighs> no, it's just disappointing, I guess. It was disappointing. I'll watch it again. Like, don't get me wrong. Next Christmas, I'll probably watch this again. Well, I wish, yeah. I mean, I wish that, like, if everything else had been bad, like, all the shit that I was talking about before, like, if it had, like, bad editing and bad pacing, but the main, like, love story was good, it would have been not have mattered. much yeah. preferable because Christmas movies, like, we'll you talk get about... get by on anything. Yeah, exactly. They don't have to be good. Like, just make it, like loving yeah. yeah in some ways this was a bigger disappointment than dolly parton's christmas on the square which i walked into with no expectations yeah <laughs> like it could only it could only work from the ground up um <laughs> for real for real um okay well i'll read our first one star review um okay. this is kind of a long one the main character abby gets treated horribly by her girlfriend and her family and this is never addressed the film pretends that the problem is Harper not coming out to her family and the troubles this causes for her relationship, but really all the problems come from her being a huge dick to her patient girlfriend. <laughs> I suspect that the parents are supposed to be laughed at, but for me, they were just too mean. Agreed. Let's say that Abby really was just a friend of Harper's. Even so, the way she gets treated is just too rude for me to be entertained by the comedy. Totally agree. Like, even if Abby mm-hmm. was her roommate that they she brought over, like, they're all, like, so rude to her and yeah. leave her all the time. Yes. Alone. Yeah, it would have made me so uncomfortable as, like, a friend bringing home a, another friend i would have been like i'm so sorry yeah or like <laughs> i will spend terrible. time with you and not leave you yes at parties by yourself the second one star uh review is should have left the rich white lady for aubrey plaza boo and then a ghost emoji which yeah. totally the whole, whole internet that. agreed yeah we all <laughs> support that as well and so did Aubrey Plaza, I think. Yeah, she, she like, did. She said maybe there'll be a sequel. Yeah, she was like, that's what I wanted to, but I was just, I had to show up and do my job. <laughs> uh, Aubrey Hat Plaza is so hot in this movie. Um, the last one star review is slow, dim-witted, no character development, no believable comedy, no script, no believable gay relationships, and then in caps, just a whole lot of no-nos. <laughs> yep. Mackenzie, um, what's your rating for Happiest Season? Ugh. <sighs> Like a three and a half, and like two and a half of those stars are just because of Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza and yeah. Dan Levy. And Dan Levy. Yeah. I, you know, I swear to God, I was also thinking of a three. I swear. Okay. No, no, I believe you. <laughs> and just it's also, yeah, we're vibing. Um, it's also one of those things, too, that like when there are more queer love stories, yeah. Um, then we, you know, there just should be more of them mm-hmm. so that this one doesn't have to be the christmas Mm -hmm. queer love story forever yeah and it's like obviously everyone watched it like it was Mm -hmm. extremely successful yeah like like the most watched thing on hulu yes like give us more it's like what the people want 
It is so just do want. it well next time. Exactly. Thank exactly. you. Exactly. Totally. And true. so that the, there could be more bad ones too. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. Next up, speaking of bad, <laughs> Dolly Parton's <laughs> Christmas on the Square. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> This movie came out in 2020 and it's on Netflix. Regina Fuller is rich and mean and cares not for the denizens of her small town. As a young woman, her heart was broken and she was robbed of the ability to be a mother, which famously turns women into bitches. She finally breaks after the death of her father, a beloved town hero, and decides to sell the town to a mall developer, effectively evicting every resident on Christmas Eve. Luckily, the people of the town, led by earnest Christian pastor Christian, are up for the fight. (laughs) Maybe they and two angels sent from heaven can change the mind and heart of one she Scrooge. <laughs> this movie was a fever dream. I truly, it took like both of us over 24 hours to finish. <laughs> it was so hard. And when I stopped, I like started watching on Friday night, stopped, resumed on Saturday and then like forgot. Like I, I was like trying to figure out where I left off and I was like, mm-hmm. don't remember watching this. And then mm-hmm. I was like, kind of remember this. So I clearly just zoned out. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I it nothing makes a more convincing argument for time is an illusion because truly this yeah. movie felt like it was maybe thirteen hours long. Thirteen hours long, but with t- fifteen minutes of plot. Yeah, um, which is how well, musicals are. I guess. Yeah, you know there were actually a lot of weird. There were a lot of weird things happening. <laughs> there were a lot of weird subplots. Yes, yes. <laughs> there was, and again, because this movie was kind of hard to pay attention to, I. For instance, one of the subplots about Regina Fuller as played by Christine Brinsky is that when she was, she has a brain tumor, but yeah. I missed the initial part where they established the brain tumor. So then they kept referencing it in a jokey way, like, haha, mm-hmm. the angel just must be my brain tumor. And I was like, ah, it's a joke. Well, they don't, it's weird because they don't ever, until like she jokes about it. They don't mm-hmm. say she has a brain tumor. There's okay. like a phone call from Thank her God. doctor that she ignores. And then she almost hits the doctor with her car. Yeah. And twice. he's like, are you okay? Like, you're driving erratically. Like, you should come in to get checked out. And she's like, no, a flyer hit me in the face. And so I couldn't see where I was driving. And then I feel like the next time they talk about it is her being like, maybe the good part about having a brain tumor is like, the hallucinations because she's hallucinating okay Dolly i'm glad as you an angel. experienced the same thing which is i was like a brain tumor yeah yeah <laughs> the other like kind of strange mix of serious issues they combine with frenetic christmas fever dream issues is um the, <laughs> we're introduced to this young girl who tells christine Berinsky that her mom died because christine Berinsky shut down the pharmacy and then she gets into a terrible accident and almost dies. And her dad mm-hmm. sings a song about not wanting to die before his kids. Mm-hmm. Oy this movie has. Okay. First of all, produced by Dolly Parton, mm-hmm. directed by Debbie Allen. I don't know who Debbie Allen is, but I saw a picture of her, but okay. I don't know like about her, her oove. I don't know her, her background. <laughs> But she also choreographed it, and the choreography mm-hmm. is like people leaping. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of reviews said it looked like a Gap ad, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings us to the actual square. Yeah, <laughs> a, a liminal place. It is like, 
like no town i mean obviously it's just it's like a very low budget looking set and yeah. the square is like a literal square made out of like cardboard like a like a, like an actual like the shape it's just a square, a cardboard square. Like that is, it's yeah. not like a grassy green in the middle mm. of town. It's a cardboard square. Yeah. And if you were driving through this town and you saw it, you'd be like, ah, yes, there's the square where everyone in the town dances. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, when I was writing the summary, I was like, what the fuck is this town's name? Is it the square? Oh, I don't know. Do you know, remember what actually. it's called? No. I don't know. It's funny that they... They want to make, like, a mall, and the mall is called, like, the Cheetah Mall. Yeah. But also, it already seems like a mall. Like, it already seems like yes. they live in, like, like they're a town within a mall. Yes. Yeah. And also, the fact that a rich person wanting to get richer would decide to build a mall. Yeah, malls are that. dead. Mall, yeah. <laughs> Especially in COVID times. Yeah. Um, not that they knew that when they made this movie, but um, pretty big, low-budget community theater from the set design, the costuming, the dancing, and the acting. All the acting is pretty bad, except for Christine Barinsky, who is doing the best she can with what is available to her. And honestly, the Dolly Parton songs are pretty forgettable. Like, I love her, and I think she's mm-hmm. an amazing songwriter and a genius, but she's mm-hmm. really not... None of them left off the screen to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, my favorite, like, moments in this movie are the really over-the-top moments, like, where she floats up on a cloud, uh, yeah, in the, like, it's just so out of place and kind of jarring, (laughs) but she is just in a cloud in a living room, and I wish there were more, like, over-the-top, almost, like, ghostly, more Scrooge-type moments Mm -hmm. like that because i think that's like my favorite part of like the screw like what is it what is it like a christmas what is that called christmas supernatural times well no the like actual play oh a christmas carol yes okay that (laughs) yeah no for real and this this definitely has like elements of both it's a wonderful life and a christmas carol you know Mm -hmm. um especially like the town having to come together and and save themselves from a rich capitalist uh Mm -hmm there's some interesting politics floating around Mm -hmm. uh again love dolly parton and support her no matter what but it feels both like regressive and also Mm -hmm. moralistic but anti-capitalist in some ways as well if i'm not like thinking about it too hard uh yeah like I, Jackson McHenry and Vulture said, uh, does the fact that this movie includes a song where everyone calls Christine Berinsky the witch of the middle, the middle being middle America, qualify it as pro-housing rights? Or does the fact that the people keep saying they're afraid of overpriced coffee and movie theaters that sell sushi mean it is simply regurgitating right-wing populist talking points? Or is Dolly trying mm-hmm. to blend the two to offer a new form of politics? I'm willing to read a dissertation on this subject. But <laughs> I also think like the weirdest bit of that like weird moralizing to me came out of the plot where regina is revealed to have gotten pregnant after one dance with a boy at a (laughs) community dance dance. (laughs) and then forced to give her baby away so she becomes a mean Um, cold woman yeah yeah no that is weird i i think that like any movie that has a very religious message is just sort of like a turnoff for me especially when it's christianity because like we get that from everywhere anyway it's like we don't need yeah that like it's already like 
or raised that way and it's just the dominant religion in this country so it's like we don't need it yeah like we don't we know like we have all if we have not chosen to participate in it we've all already made that like conscious decision <laughs> Very and true. don't need to like be tried to like wooed back yeah. into it with like a christmas movie yeah i don't know so that was like a little bit of a turnoff for me i feel like um yeah definitely but i did appreciate all the like weird drama inside plots you know mm-hmm. like just put everything in a blender like yeah oh god so christine brinsky's <laughs> ex-boyfriend from high school still loves her <laughs> and he's played by treat williams which is a crazy name uh but like they yeah. had like one night together and they're still like hung up on each other you know 50 years later 40 no years they later. dated a long time oh okay. I think. i'm sorry like he was gonna propose he was gonna to her propose. you're right you're right yeah I'm confusing the, the him. one night stand guy is long gone long, who, knows? who knows no one knows what his deal was he just swept into yeah. small towns impregnating girls yeah. and his sexy <laughs> dance moves um but <laughs> a part that made me laugh out loud was at the end of the movie where it's revealed that dun 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 regina is the biological mother of pastor christian pastor christian which what a yeah. twist <laughs> Um, they're reconciling and she's not going to sell the town and they're singing and the pastor's wife says to Christine Brinsky, like, are you ready to be a grandma? And Treat Williams appears out of nowhere and he's like, I'm ready to be a grandpa. Oh my God. Yeah. The twist was pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was no one else it could be. It was just wild that she, that was a su- like a subplot at all. Because yeah. you think it's going to be her having cancer, but it's not. It's about her, like, lost son. Yeah, and honestly, there was an oppor- lost opportunity there to kind of make a more thematic connection where Pastor Christian could have been like, I was adopted as a kid. I'm going to adopt. Because they make a point of him and his wife having trouble yeah. uh, conceiving a baby. So, like, there could have been, like, some through line there about, like, chosen family and, yeah, like, I don't know, just weird. Also, I was kind of weirded out by the angel intervening so much in everyone's lives. (laughs) Like, when she's like, Mm -hmm. the little girl will live. You know, I'm going to make a baby Mm -hmm. in that woman. (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) Okay, angel, then why do some people die? Why do some people are not able to conceive? (laughs) Right. I think that's, like, yeah, the problem with religion in general, but. Yeah, I. it's also just weird. Like, Dolly Parton just looks strange throughout this whole movie, too, I would say. Like, her costuming is... She, like, appears mm-hmm. as a homeless woman in the very beginning. But, like... Yeah. In, like... Her full in, angle. Like, yeah. Her, like... Her rags are, like, still just normal clothes that they're, they're just, like, gray. <laughs> yeah, It's so weird. It is they're, weird. Like, It's, like, couture. Like, couture. Yeah. Rags. Homeless. And But then when she's full so angel... Weird. She has mm-hmm. like a rhinestone outfit, basically, and I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of weird too. It's kind of like the Disney messaging of like ugly people are the evil ones, you know, where it's like she is now wearing diamonds, so she is the authentic holy version of herself rather than the wearing rags self. It's so weird, yeah, very strange. Not good, honestly, can't recommend it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because it doesn't have enough of those. Like, I wish it had more. Camp- like, it's very campy, but I wish it had more of that. Like, more. More of a. Uh, yeah. Like, more floating clouds. More. Uh, Just more craziness. You know, 
like magic, I guess. Too many like, ballads. Yeah, too much. Too much songs. Too much in the church. Too much songs that are just talking instead of like. Yeah. Like maybe if there were like crazy lights happening or like projections of ghosts or hell yeah something in a graveyard i just like a christmas it should have been more christmas carol yeah you know should have leaned into that instead of just like songs in a room in the square with people like it talking but it's just singing yeah i wonder because it was boring it was like it was a boring movie it was a boring movie i wonder if like they'll sell the rights so that like community theater troops can do this themselves yeah probably i'm sure it's very doable i feel like yeah you just you just need like a square on set and then like some doors to fake shops and you got it yeah yep yep coming to your hometown sometime soon um do you want to jump into one star reviews sure Yeah. yeah so our first one star review for this movie is i love musicals i love dolly and i love christine baranski I hate this movie. <laughs> I feel this. I feel this. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I also don't like musicals, really. So. Yeah. It was just <laughs> a lot of strikes. Yeah. Strikes out. Strike out for me. <laughs> the second one-star review is, I absolutely love musicals and thrive off cheesy Christmas movies, but this was, well, a hot, messy mess. If you're going to try to politicize a Christmas movie, at least have good acting and singing to cover up the fact that you are pushing an agenda. It was a bad middle school production with no true plot line and in-your-face political correctness. Which, like, if we watched the same movie, what on earth was the pushing an agenda? Was it that black people appeared on screen? Was it that the town should not have been evicted by a rich woman? I it just it's truly one of those t- moments where I'm like what there are two Americans <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just like what are they talking about like because we're over here like this is too like this is pushing pushing Christianity too yeah much. but yeah. Sh- this person is over there like this is liberal this is antifa <laughs> this is yeah anti-fa Christmas movie <laughs> like maybe it's that I kind of thought about this too like there's a lot of like resist Regina protests. And yeah. I was like, oh. is it just like seeing anybody protest, like set off alarm bells for some This people? is wild. Yeah. This is true. Maybe that, maybe Dolly Parton is like, just, oh, she can see both. She can hold both of those things. She in, is. She's powerful. Like, yeah. She can like understand both of those things, I think. And <laughs> make this. Honestly, <laughs> so. that's a compelling reason for why Dolly Parton should run for like office because yeah and apparently like she's the reason we have a covid vaccine because she (laughs) so So. well i'm glad that at least one dolly parton thing one dolly parton endeavor is going to have a positive impact on everyone and it's not yeah dolly parton's christmas on the square (laughs) i give it a honestly i give it (laughs) i give it a i give it a two i think uh i think it's the lowest i've ever rated a movie (laughs) i'm gonna give it a one (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if no, both no. of us have trouble finishing a movie, it's not great. I feel like I should give it a two because it didn't piss me off, and I feel like other movies That's have true. pissed me off. That's true. It wasn't. So I'll give it a two. Harmful. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. It was just bad. Yeah. It was it it was yeah exactly. It wasn't like you know. It didn't make me angry. I was just I was just like whew. Yeah. The sinker. <laughs> 
right. Well, it would really help us out if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ChickFlixPod and email us at ChickFlixPodcast at gmail.com. Our next episode's coming out on December 28th, and it is our 2020 wrap-up, which I'm excited about. Me too. I love those. Mm-hmm. Um, ChickFlix is researched and written by Bridget Hovell and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Tim Grove Carlson for our music. Thanks for listening to ChickFlix. Bye. Bye. <laughs>